2: Talk to laugh through the pain of the US education system. We'll see you there
1: Thanks to Third Love for supporting Mueller, she wrote Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/ag to find yours today. And thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting Mueller, she wrote special coverage of the Mueller report. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast and smart. a place where growing businesses can connect to qualified candidates. That place is ziprecruiter.com/ag. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote and our ongoing special coverage of the redacted Muller Report. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jordan is feeling under the weather today, so um, she is at home, but she should be back soon. We wish her the best. Uh, We wish her well. Remember, self-care. Big thing. Big deal. Yes. Rest up, dude. Yes. uh, Rest rest easy. Uh, There is rest for the wicked, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) So today we're covering Section uh, 2C, and that's the president's reaction to public confirmation of the FBI's Russia investigation. So this is pages 48 to 61. Uh, I'm going to skip the overview because it summarizes the evidence that we're going to go into in detail, so Mm -hmm. no need to tell you about it twice. So let's start at the bottom of page 48. And the evidence section is broken into four parts. And those are Sessions recusing from the Russia investigation, Comey confirming the existence of the Russia investigation, Trump asking the intelligence community to make public statements that he had no connection to Russia, and Trump asking Comey to lift the cloud, (laughs) uh, which is just... Like a a, stoner phrase. Lift the cloud, bro. (laughs) Dude, you're hotboxing me with your (laughs) Russia cloud. I need loyalty. (laughs) Um, So first... Part one about Sessions recusal Uh, in late February 2017, the Department of Justice began an analysis of whether Sessions should recuse from the Russia investigation. And on March 1st, the press reported that uh, in his January confirmation hearing to become attorney general, Sessions had not disclosed the two meetings he had with Russian Ambassador Kislyak before the presidential election, leading to congressional calls for Sessions to recuse or for a special counsel to be appointed. Uh, They just he couldn't uh, do it impartially. Right. And then also on March 1st, President called Comey and said he wanted to check in, see how Comey was doing. And according to an email Comey sent to uh, his chief of staff after the call, the president quote, talked about Sessions a bit and said he heard Comey was doing great and said that he hoped Comey would come by to say hello when he was at the White House.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So sketch. It's so
1: inappropriate. Uh, Comey interpreted this call as an effort by the president to pull him in, right? Mm -hmm. Like that whole loyalty thing. And the next morning, the president called McGahn, Don McGahn, and urged him to contact Sessions to tell him not to recuse himself from the Russia investigation. So we've all heard the reports about him telling McGahn to tell Sessions to unrecuse himself. But the president was doing this beforehand, too. He was reaching out to McGahn, telling him to to call Sessions uh, so he wouldn't recuse himself from the Russia investigation. So he knew that they were talking about it. Uh, and McGahn understood the president to be concerned that a recusal would make Sessions look guilty for omitting the details in his confirmation hearing about those conversations he had with Kislyak, and it would leave Trump unprotected from an investigation that could hobble the presidency, <laughs> hobble. <laughs> derail his policy objectives, yeah, like misery,
0: right.
1: <laughs> and detract from favorable press coverage. In you know of his address to Congress that Trump had delivered earlier in the week Uh, because I guess he did a good he he did good he read from the teleprompter and so people were like he doesn't suck today oh yeah you want a cookie yeah and so people people he was like mad that this could be bad press for his Mm -hmm. reasonable speech come on guys I read (laughs) I read the thing uh so anyway and we know McGahn has been subpoenaed now by the House Judiciary in their ongoing impeachment investigation uh, about obstruction of justice. Uh, And even today, too, they subpoenaed Lewandowski and Rick Dearborn. Nice. And that's for the obstruction part where, and we haven't gotten to it yet in the report, but that's for the obstruction part where Trump asked Lewandowski, who was a private citizen, to tell Sessions to limit the scope of the Mueller investigation to future elections. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Lewandowski didn't want to do it, so he asked Rick Dearborn if he would do it, <laughs> and neither of them did it. And so yeah, but, I wonder if
0: Mashburn's gonna come up soon you, yeah, right? right
1: from the RNC platform. Yeah, show totally. Yeah, because Mashburn and Dearborn go together. They're like bros, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, um, anyway, <clears throat> they're yeah, just you know outside of this report here the the house judiciary is expanding its impeachment investigation right um and you know we'll keep you up to date on that in the regular sunday night episodes so mcgann reached out to sessions and reported that the president was not happy about the possibility of recusal and sessions replied back that he intended to follow the rules Hmm. and mcgann reported back to i know right (laughs) what And so McGahn reported back to the president about the call with Sessions, and the president reiterated that he didn't want Sessions to recuse. And throughout the day, McGahn continued trying on behalf of the president to avert Sessions' recusal. And and this is weird to me because you know how everyone talks about well, he didn't successfully obstruct justice. No one carried out his obstructive acts. McGahn said no to everything. It doesn't seem like he did, because here he is, Colin Sessions, trying on behalf of the president to avert Sessions' recusal. Good point. Just because he failed doesn't mean he didn't try. Yeah, I think he's trying here. And it's because he spoke to Sessions' personal counsel, um, Sessions' chief of staff, and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and by contacting Sessions himself two more times. Mm. So he made considerable, numerous attempts. Yeah, that's needy. To try to stop the initial recusal
0: Mm -hmm. right yeah
1: he may have like not done gone with the unrecusal stuff but we'll get to that in a minute you'll you'll see uh so sessions recalled that other white house advisors called him that day to argue against his recusal too and that afternoon sessions announced his decision to recuse from any existing or future investigations of any matters related (laughs) in any way to the campaigns for president of the united states get me out of (laughs) here yeah i don't want it um sessions believed the decision to recuse was not even a close call at all Given the applicable language in the Code of Federal Regulations, or the CFR, which Sessions considered to be clear and decisive. I mm. wish Barr would feel that way. Right?
0: Racist possum has like a code of ethics, I guess, right? A moral compass there.
1: There are some lines that even he, the racist possum, won't cross. <laughs> uh, leave it up to Bill Barr to do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sessions thought that any argument that the CFR did not apply to him was very thin. Mm-hmm. And um, Sessions got the impression based on the calls he received from the White House that the president was really upset with him. And shortly after Sessions announced his recusal, the White House counsel's office directed that Sessions should not be contacted about the matter. (laughs) Stop calling me. (laughs) So internal White House counsel office notes from March 2nd, 2017 state, quote, no contact with Sessions and no communications, serious concerns about obstruction unquote oh, <laughs> um, all right there's the intent right i bet this comes up in the analysis at the end of this chapter on intent and on march 3rd the day after sessions recusal mcgahn was called into the oval office Priebus and bannon were there and the president opened up the conversation by saying i don't have a lawyer <laughs>
0: <laughs> famous last words
1: <laughs> trump was angry with mcgahn about the recusal and brought up roy Cohn, stating that he wished Cohn was his attorney McGahn interpreted this comment as directed at him and not Sessions, suggesting that Cohn would fight for the president, whereas McGahn would not. Uh, The president wanted McGahn to talk to Sessions about the recusal, but McGahn told the president that Department of Justice ethics officials had weighed in on Sessions' decision to recuse. It's done, dude. And the president thought he brought up a, a former attorney generals, Robert Kennedy and Eric Holder. Uh, excuse me, attorneys general, and, and said they had protected their presidents. Mm-hmm. And uh, the president also pushed back on the DOJ con- the contacts policy, uh, saying words to the effect of, you're telling me that Bobby and Jack didn't talk about investigations <laughs> or Obama didn't tell Holder who to investigate? And Bannon recalled the president was as mad as Bannon had ever seen him and that he screamed at McGahn about how weak Sessions was. Wow. Sc- screamed. wonder if he turned more orange when he screamed. Yeah,
0: is it possible? Yeah, right? like like a threat condition level. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of
1: Hulk thing. What color is his right. skin? I'm always racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always at threat con. Red. There you go. <laughs> uh, Banner recalled telling the president that Sessions' recusal was not a surprise. We all saw this coming, bro. And before the inauguration, they had discussed that Sessions would have to recuse from campaign-related investigations because it was work on the Trump campaign. And that weekend, Sessions and McGann flew to Mar-a-Lago to meet with the president. That must have to have sucked. <laughs> God damn it. So Sessions recalled the president pulling him aside to speak to him alone, and suggested Sessions should unrecuse. Sessions said he had the impression that the president uh, feared the investigation could spin out of control and disrupt his ability to govern, which Sessions could have helped avert if he were still overseeing it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh huh. And then on March fifth. 2017 white house counsel's office was informed that the FBI was asking for transition period records relating to Flynn indicating the FBI was still actively investigating Flynn so this is March 5th this is when the president finds out that he hasn't dropped the Flynn thing oh my god he doesn't have Comey loyalty hasn't lifted the cloud yeah yeah he hasn't seen clear to let this thing with Flynn go (laughs) and then on March 6th the next day the president told advisors he wanted to call the acting attorney general to find out whether the White House or the president was being investigated although it's not clear whether the president knew at the time of the FBI's recent request concerning Flynn. So I was assuming he knew uh, about the March 5th White House Counsel's Office being informed about yeah. it, but uh, he can't, he doesn't know. Mueller doesn't know if Trump knew, because, you know, Trump he can't was can't be for sure,
0: but yeah, things, he probably had no idea his whole life was about to get way <laughs> worse.
1: And then on to um, subsection 2 on page 52, and this is about Comey confirming the existence of the Russia investigation during his Hipsey testimony. Hipsy being the HPSCI, or the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Mm -hmm. And on March 9th, 2017, Comey briefed the Gang of Eight congressional leaders about the FBI investigation of Russian interference, including an identification of the principal U.S. subjects in the investigation. And although it's unclear whether the president knew of that briefing at the time, notes taken by Annie Donaldson, then McGann's chief of staff, on March 12th state POTUS in panic chaos need binders put in front of potus (laughs) all things related to russia yes yes binders full of women binders full of women of course Mm -hmm. yeah we can borrow some from Mitt romney (laughs) uh the week after comey's briefing the white house council office was uh, in contact with the sissy that's the ssci or senate select committee on intelligence Uh, That chairman, Senator Richard Burr, they were in the White House counsel, contacted him about the Russia investigations and appears to have received information about the status of the FBI investigation. And this is what we're talking about. Burr briefing the White House counsel, thereby Trump you know by proxy mm-hmm. on what the briefing of the gang of eight was that's messed up oh yeah it's cold burr, <laughs> burr <laughs> it's cold in here there must be some traitors
0: in the atmosphere oh, that's, that's really I said. good
1: oh wee oh wee oh <laughs> ice ice
0: ice wow it's all relevant thank you, you even got ice in there <laughs>
1: <laughs> on march 20th um just after saint patrick's day hi Comey was scheduled to testify before the Hipsy. In advance of Comey's testimony, congressional officials made it clear they wanted Comey to provide information about the ongoing FBI investigation. Dana Buente, who at the time was the acting attorney general for the Russia investigation, authorized Comey to confirm the existence of the Russia investigation, but agreed Comey should not comment on who, like particular individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in his opening remarks at the Hipsy hearing, which were draft- which were drafted in consultation with the Department of Justice, he didn't just go out on his own, Comey said uh, that he had been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm the FBI as part of its counterintelligence mission is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. Mm -hmm. And as with any counterintelligence investigation, he said, this will also include an assessment of whether any crimes were committed. (laughs) Yeah, thankfully. (laughs) Yeah. So uh of course this is before Mueller was appointed appointed yeah. and so when the fbi investigates they come with their full force of all of their th- shit all mm-hmm. their authority so they do counter intel and criminal and they still
0: have their side of it going on right
1: the counter part yeah mm-hmm. the criminal part was handed off to Mueller, at least specifically in about the russia hacking got it and uh, social media um interference mm-hmm. but everything else Fair fbi game. yeah yeah so Comey added that he would not comment further on what the FBI was doing and whose conduct it was examining because the investigation was ongoing a classified. But he observed that he had taken the extraordinary step in con- uh, consultation with the Department of Justice of briefing this Congress's leaders in a classified setting in detail about the investigation. So Comey was specifically asking whether President Trump was... Or excuse me, Comey was asked uh, whether Trump was specifically under investigation during the campaign or under investigation now. And Comey declined to answer, saying, please don't overinterpret what I've said as as the chair and ranking. No, we have briefed him in great detail on the subjects of the investigation and what we're doing. But I'm not going to answer about anybody in this forum. So he's basically like, I told you in private, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to tell you in public. Right. You're not going to get me.
0: Yeah. Gotcha moment.
1: So Comey was also asked uh, whether the FBI was investigating the information contained in the Steele dossier, and he declined to answer that. According to McGann and Donaldson, that's McGann's chief of staff, Mm -hmm. Annie. Annie. The Donaldson. Uh, the President had expressed frustration with Comey before his March 20th testimony, and the testimony made it worse, made matters worse. The President had previously criticized Comey for too frequently making headlines and not attending intelligence briefings at the White House, and the President suspected Comey of leaking certain information to the media. McGann said the President thought Comey was acting like his own branch of government. Oh, project-
0: projecting much, right? That's
1: hella projection. It is hella projection and I'm and I'm not so sure I disagree. Uh, but okay. it, but it is true that Comey did get the uh, approval of the Department of Justice mm-hmm. to, to make those statements to Congress, to the Hipsy. Uh, and also, you know, I mean, Comey... While he sometimes acts like his own branch of government, he wasn't doing this at, like out on his own, right? For this his wasn't own like...
0: personal benefit, as opposed to the Trump administration,
1: right? Or, yes. or like the reopening of the Hillary investigation, or the opening, the initial opening of the Hillary email investigation, where he did not uh, coordinate with Lynch because he didn't want to seem it did, he didn't want to seem polit- political, yeah, for yeah. sure. So he has in the past acted as his own branch of government, but in this case, not so much. Okay. Um, Press reports following Comey's March 20th testimony suggested the FBI was investigating the president, contrary to what Comey told the president at the end of January 6th. Um, In that intelligent intelligence assessment briefing so McGann Donaldson and senior advisor Stephen Miller douche (laughs) recalled douche recalled that the president was upset with Comey's testimony and the press coverage that followed because of the suggestions that the president was under
0: investigation. Yes. which He didn't say exactly. And Stephen Miller also looks like a douche so you can clean your vagina with him. It looks like Uh, it would make my vagina dirtier. That's fair.
1: Uh, notes from the White House <laughs> counsel's office dated March 21st, 2017, indicate Trump was beside himself over Comey's testimony. The president called McGahn repeatedly that day, repeatedly, to ask him to intervene with the Department of Justice. And according to the notes, the president was getting hotter and hotter. Get rid.
0: Mm. <laughs> so weird.
1: Which I think means get rid of Comey.
0: Right, right. But who says that?
1: Get rid. Get rid.
0: <laughs> Got milk. Get rid. I don't know. It's just a weird God phrase.
1: <laughs> get rid. Officials in the White House Counsel's Office became so concerned that the president would fire Comey that they, in fact, began drafting a memo that examined whether the president needed cause to terminate him. And the president's urging, or at the president's urging, McGahn contacted Buente several times on March 21st, 2017, to seek Buente's assistance in having Comey or the Department of Justice correct the misperception that the president was under investigation. Mm -hmm. So Comey said, I'm not telling you who's under investigation, the press assumed that the president was under investigation that pissed the president off and so now the president is saying you have to tell people i'm not under investigation Mm -hmm. buente did not recall the conversation specifically although he did remember one conversation with don mcgahn around the same time where mcgahn asked if there was a way to speed up or end the investigation as quickly (laughs) as possible buente said mcgahn told him the president was under a cloud and you know made it hard for him to govern from clouds Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we talk about uh, the people around the president l- refusing to obstruct, like I had mentioned before, but this seems like obstruction here.
0: Yeah, just a little.
1: Yeah. Buente recalled telling McGahn there was no good way to shorten the investigation and attempting to do so could erode confidence in the conclusions.
0: Yeah. What was it that, um, uh, who's the guy that said you can't Chris- shorten Christie. it? Yeah, Christy, you can't shorten it. You can only make it longer. You can only make it longer.
1: <laughs> totally. Uh, and Buente said McGahn agreed with him and, and dropped the issue. So the president also sought to speak with Buente directly, but McGahn said, don't do that, bro. Um, you don't want to talk to the president. Or he, Well, Buente didn't want to talk to the president about the request to intervene with Comey. He's mm-hmm. like, this is a bad idea. And McGahn recalled Buente telling him in calls that he did not think it was sustainable for Comey to stay on as FBI director for the next four years, which McGahn said he conveyed to the president. Hmm. Buente did not recall discussing with McGahn or anyone else the idea that Comey should not continue as FBI director. <laughs> okay. So that's weird because if Buente said, I don't think Comey can, I don't think you could, it's not tenable for him to be the FBI director. That could have been cause for Trump to fire comey oh yeah but it wasn't it wasn't in any of his letters though Hmm. like he didn't put he didn't put it on them just in the report and when rod rosenstein drafted the reason for firing comey it didn't have anything about buente said it wasn't a good idea so
0: Mueller must have put in here for a reason yeah Yeah. it
1: it might eat away or erode a little bit at at some of the evidence some of the analysis that Mm -hmm. he does but buente did not recall discussing that with McGahn. okay um but mcgann Said he recalled that. So interesting, yeah. yeah.
0: McGann's a very strange character. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he is. He's his. I I want to go see his tribute band. I want to <laughs> see what it's about. <laughs> What's it
0: called? Do you I know? don't know. I don't know. But it's, it seems to just McGann's like McGann's band. Keep it simple. <laughs> the McGann band. Yes. <laughs> yes. Totally. McGann the Sunshine Band. <laughs> uh. All
1: right, guys. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey all, this is A.G. from Muller She Wrote, and we want to thank Third Love for sponsoring this episode. I am obsessed with Third Love. It's my new favorite bra. I'm obsessed for a multitude of reasons. First, it's women-run, and, and it's data-driven. I love those two things. They use real women's bodies in their ads with rolls and tattoos and piercings and freckles and awesomeness. They have more sizes than most other brands, and they're philanthropic, too. Uh, first of all, they use they have like 12 million... Uh, measurements from real women and that's what they use to design their bras and they do so with size and shape in mind so they help you identify your breast size and shape so you can find styles that fit your body and they have a 100% fit guarantee and this is where the philanthropy comes in because every customer has 60 days to wear the bra, wash it, decide if it's the perfect fit and if it's not you simply return it for free and third level wash it and donate it to a person in need Uh, and guys it makes bra shopping super convenient, no need to go to a store with a judgy lady with a measuring tape Uh, And, you know, fits and stylists are available uh, every day to assist via phone, chat, or text if you want. So there's no pressure. Um, This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. It's their my favorite, most comfortable I've ever worn. The straps don't dig. They don't slip. They're tagless. I have no spillage. They're lightweight. They're breathable. I absolutely love them. I highly recommend taking their Fit Finder quiz and giving them a try. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off their first order. So go to thirdlove.com ag now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com ag for 15% off today. All right, welcome back. It's me, Angelisa. And we are doing the special coverage of the Mueller Report. And we are now on to subsection 3 on page 55, if you want to... Flip in your books, <laughs> read along in your hymnals. Uh, this is when Trump asks the intelligence community to tell the public he had no con- connection to Russia. Right. Which he seems to have already done a bunch of times, but I think this is the focal point of this. Officially case. when he, yeah. Because <laughs> in the weeks following Comey's March testimony, March 20th testimony, Trump repeatedly asked IC officials to push back publicly on any suggestion the president had a connection on uh, to the Russian election interference effort. And on March 22nd, uh, two days after Comey's testimony, the president asked Director of National Intelligence Dan Coates, who's recently resigned, and CIA Director Mike- Michael Pompeo, who is now Secretary of State, mm-hmm. uh, to stay behind in the Oval Office. Uh, and that's never a good sign. Right, right. They I hung said- up the coats.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Go to the cloakroom. Stand coats and just stay there.
0: Yeah. It's I just, not a good sign at all.
1: Every, every time the president like wants to be alone with somebody, I just keep imagining Priebus sticking his head in the door like, What are you guys doing? Little mole. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> hey guys, sausages That's like, kinda cute. That's just what I picture. Yeah. So according to Dan Coats, the president asked him, asked them whether they could say publicly that, you know, there was no link between him and Russia. Coats responded that the office of the director of national intelligence has nothing to do with investigations and it was not his role to make a public statement on it. Pompeo had no recollection of being asked to stay behind after the March 22nd briefing, but recalled the president regularly urged officials to get the word out that he had done nothing wrong with relations to Russia.
0: Mm, Yeah, we can all vouch for that. (laughs) Yeah, he's
1: like, I don't remember that thing, but he said that a lot. (laughs) So Coates told Mueller's team that Trump never asked him to speak to Comey about the FBI investigation. Uh, Some ODNI staffers, uh, however, had a different recollection of how Coates described the meeting immediately after it occurred. So what Coates is telling Mueller is different from what everyone who talked to Coates that day told Mueller. Interesting. According to a senior uh, ODNI official, Michael Dempsey, Coates said right after the meeting that the president had brought up the Russia investigation and asked him to contact Comey to see if there was a way to get past the investigation, get it over with, end it, or words to that effect. Mm. Dempsey said Coates described the president's comments as falling somewhere between musing about hating the investigation and wanting Coates to do something to stop it. That's pretty clear. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Coates doesn't remember. Dempsey remembers. Mm. Dempsey said Coates made it clear he would not get involved. Uh, Edward Gastaro, another ODNI official, recalled that right after Coates' meeting with the president, on the walk from the Oval Office back to the Eisenhower building, uh, Dan Coates said the president had kept him behind to ask him what he could do to help with the investigation. And another ODNI staffer who'd been... um, Waiting for Coates outside the Oval Office, talked to Gastaro a, a few minutes later and recalled Gastaro reporting that Coates was upset because the president had asked him to contact Comey to convince him there was nothing to the Russia investigation. <laughs> so we have three people uh, who say Coates said all that shit right after he walked out of the Oval Office. And Coates is like, I don't remember any of that shit. Wow. And then on March 25th, 2017, three days after the meeting in the Oval Office, the president called Coates again and complained about the Russia investigation, saying words like, I can't do anything with Russia. There's things <laughs> I'd like to do with Russia. Yeah, I bet. With trade, ISIS, they're all over me with this. So Russia's giving him a hard time. <laughs> oh, OK. <Aww>. Oh well, <laughs> So yeah. Coates told the president that uh, the investigations were going on, and the best thing he could do was let them run their course. <laughs> Coates later testified in a congressional hearing that he had never felt pressure to intervene or interfere in any way and shape with shaping intelligence in a political way or
0: in relationship to an ongoing investigation. <laughs> All right. I guess that covers it. I love Coates' like, uh, suggestion to just like let it run its course, you know, like a fever. Just sweat it out, man. Yeah, just sweat it out. <laughs> Drink a lot of fluids. <laughs> Put some dirt on <laughs> it. We'll get through this. Yeah. <laughs> The next day,
1: uh, Trump called the NSA director, Admiral Michael Rogers, and the president uh, expressed frustration with the Russia investigation, saying it made relations with Russians difficult. The president told Rogers the thing with the Russians was messing up his ability to get things done with Russia. The president also said the news stories linking him with Russia were not true and asked Rogers if he could do anything to refute the stories. Uh, Deputy director of the NSA, Richard Leggett who was present for the call said it was the most unusual thing he'd experienced in forty <laughs> years of government service.
0: And that's the NSA director? Yeah that's a oh, deputy. But still he's seen he, some shit. He, some unusual
1: <laughs> shit. You're so right. Things we can't even fucking imagine. It's crazy. And he's like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever yeah, seen yeah. at the NSA. Okay. Forty years. After the call concluded, Leggett prepared a memo. <laughs> a lot of memos really oh, about yeah. Trump. The Trump memos they make a
0: book out of just the memos. Coffee table collection. <laughs> a flip book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then, like, just a little. Never mind. Yeah, somebody flipping <laughs> yeah. Trump on the <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> and then he and Rogers both signed signed that memo documenting the content of the conversations and the president's request. Uh, and they placed the memo in a safe. But Rogers did not perceive the president's request to be an order, and the president did not ask Rogers to push back on the Rustin, Russia investigation itself. Rogers later testified in a congressional hearing that the NSA, as NSA director, he had never been directed to do anything he believed to be illegal, immoral, unethical, or inappropriate and did not recall ever feeling pressured to do so. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> in addition to the specific comments made to Dan Coates, Pompeo, and Rogers, Trump spoke on other occasions to the in the presence of... Uh, IC officials about the Russia investigation and stated that it interfered with his ability to conduct foreign relations on at least two occasions the, the Trump uh, began his presidential daily briefings by stating there was no collusion with Russia and he hoped a press <laughs> statement to that effect could be issued. So he was just talking out loud whenever there were IC people. Yeah. Who.
0: And blaming Russia for his inability to be president. That's yeah. just all you, bro. <laughs> yeah. They're coming. They're coming <laughs> after me, telling me to stop this whole thing.
1: Yeah. You know? They went for you because you have no ability to be president. <laughs> And then Pompeo recalled the president venting about his about the investigation on multiple occasions, complaining there was no evidence against him. Nobody would publicly defend him. Rogers recalled a private conversation with the president, which he vented about the investigation and said he'd done nothing wrong and said uh, something like the Russia thing has got to go away. <laughs> and could the whole country just.
0: Hmm. I think of that like rain, rain, go away song. Like Trump's just trying everything. Rain dances.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's just doing whatever he can. <laughs> And then Coates recalled the president bringing up the Russia investigation several times. And Coates said he finally told the president that Coates' job was to provide intelligence and not get involved in investigations. Mm. And then, guys, finally onto subsection four on page 57. This is where Trump asked Comey to lift the cloud. <laughs> right. And on the morning of March 30th. So this is 10 days after Comey's uh, testimony to Congress to Hipsy. Trump reached out to Comey, and according to Comey's contemporaneous records of a conversation, the president said he was trying to run the country, and the cloud of this Russia business was making that difficult. Um, the president asked Comey what could be done to lift the cloud. Comey explained that they were running it down as quickly as possible, and there would there would be great benefit if we didn't find anything to our good housekeeping seal of approval, but we have to do our work. Basically, let it, run, let it run its course. Yeah, yeah. Sweat it out. <laughs> so Comey also told the president that congressional leaders were aware that the FBI was not investigating the president personally. But okay. he, he cares more about public optics. Not, of course. Not so much yeah. He like now. the
0: cloud looks bad.
1: <laughs> and yeah, because the president then told him several times, we have to get that fact out. The president commented that if there was some satellite, which Comey took to mean like an associate of the president, uh, that did something wrong. It'd be good to find that out, but that he himself had not done anything wrong. And he hoped Comey would find a way to get that out, that they weren't investigating him. And after that call ended, Comey called Buente immediately and said, how should I respond? <laughs> yeah. And he was uh, said he was uncomfortable with the direct contact from the president uh, about the investigation. Mm hmm. And then we're going next month, on morning of April 11th, uh, president called Comey again. According to Comey's uh, contemporaneous no- notes that he took of the conversation, the president said he was following up to see if Comey did what the president had asked the last time, getting out that he personally <laughs> is not under investigation.
0: Yeah, good for him for waiting a month instead of three days. Some people are <laughs> much more eager.
1: And Comey responded that he had passed the request on to Buente but had not heard back, and he informed the president... The traditional channel for such a request would be to have White House Counsel Don McGahn contact Department of Justice leadership Buente. The president said he would take that step. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> uh, I think he did though. I think he told oh, okay. Priebus to tell McGahn. Remember Priebus's note about it? Like that tell makes McGahn sense. Yeah. To call Buente to say I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. And it's not. I don't see that in here, but it must. It's not. I think it happened, here. right? Yeah, yeah. I think it did, but it must not be relevant to the to the scope. But mm-hmm. he says. The president says, because I've been very loyal to you, very loyal, we had that thing, you know, Mm. what the dinner, (laughs) (laughs) very romantic, kind of intimate, (laughs) and uh, they danced. In a in a televised interview that was taped earlier that afternoon, the president was asked if it was too late uh, for him to ask Comey to step down. The president responded, no, it's not too late, but you know, I have confidence in him. We'll see what happens. You know, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. After the interview, Hicks Hope Hicks told the president she thought the president's comment about Comey should be removed from the broadcast of the interview, but the president wanted to keep it in. Which Hicks thought was stupid. So. Yeah,
0: I give it to Hicks. I'm on I'm on her side with this one. But Trump acts like everything is like uh, to be continued, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> like, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Like a reality show. Yeah, dun, yeah, dun, dun. Hope It works out. Cliffhanger. <laughs> 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 and later that day, Trump told uh,
1: senior advisors, uh, McGann and Priebus, for example, that he had reached out to Comey twice in recent weeks. And the president acknowledged McGahn would not approve of the outreach to Comey because McGahn had previously cautioned against it. The president told McGahn, he's like, I know you didn't want me to, but I called Comey. (laughs) Uh, The president told McGahn that Comey had indicated the FBI could make a public statement that the president was not under investigation if the Department of Justice approved the action, which isn't true at all. He was just telling him, if you want to talk to me, you got to go through the Department of Justice and your White House counsel. Right. Trump took that to mean, oh, if I get approval, they'll say it. (laughs) So after speaking with the president, McGahn followed up with Buente to relay the president's understanding false understanding that the fbi could publicly announce uh, if the department of justice cleared it mcgann recalled buente said comey had told him there was nothing obstructive uh, about the calls from the president but they made comey uncomfortable mm. and according to mcgann buente responded that he did not want to issue a statement about the president being under investigation because of the potential political ramifications and did not want to order comey to do so because that action could prompt the appointment of a special counsel <laughs> Buente did not recall that aspect of his conversation with McGahn, but did recall uh, telling McGahn the direct outreaches from the president to Comey were a problem. Buente recalled that McGahn agreed... And said he would uh, do what he could to address the issue. So it seems like McGann's being a little less than forthcoming. Yeah, just a little bit. In a few of these things, right? Like he, he's like, I don't remember that part. Yeah. But uh,
0: Buente's like, yeah, no, you said that. Yeah. And he like saw the future too. He's like, dude, they'll have a Mueller, then a Mueller, she wrote, it'll never end. Like he saw it all. And then they'll be mentioned on Brian Williams. Right, right. All downhill from there. Yeah. Profit. All right, guys, we'll be right back with
1: the final analysis of this evidence. Hello, it's AG here with Mueller She Wrote. Hiring used to be a hassle, um, with multiple job sites sifting through stacks of resumes, uh, confusing review processes and confusing websites, but today hiring is simple and all you have to do is go to one place to get it all done and that's ZipRecruiter.com AG. ZipRecruiter is a comprehensive, thorough, website they send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards but they don't just stop there okay with their accurate uh, matching technology they scan zip recruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the exact qualifications and experience that and then they invite them to apply for your job so that's really cool ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first 24 hours that's amazing um, because having to do all that work yourself having to go to every job board and post the thing and wait and sift through all the resumes without, you know, having something that automatically searches for you it takes so much time. But now within a day you can start getting qualified candidates. And right now our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com/ag. That's ziprecruiter.com/ag. One last time for the people in the back, ziprecruiter.com/ag. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, The last section here is the analysis of the three components of obstruction of justice. And we've talked about these in previous episodes. They are obstructive act. Nexus to a proceeding mm-hmm. and intent. It'll and be a then fun Jeopardy
0: question someday,
1: right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> a three-parter.
0: Yes. What is <clears throat> obstructive act? Who is Trump? I think is the answer. <laughs> I hope someday
1: we'll be like forgetting all this. Who is Trump? I you know the real answer, Alex, but can I make a joke right. answer first Who and was then Hitler again, and then come in with the real stuff because it's this is just worth it. This is just worth Definitely. it. Definitely. Uh so, okay, so a here obstructive act. The evidence shows after Comey's March testimony, the President repeatedly reached out to intelligence, a, intelligence agency leaders to discuss the FBI investigation, but witnesses had different recollections of the precise content of those outreaches. Some ODNI officials recalled that Coates told them immediately after the march twenty second Oval Office meeting that the President asked Coates to intervene with Comey and stop the investigation, but the first hand witnesses to the encounter remember the conversation differently. Pompeo had no memory of the specific meeting, but generally recalled the president's urging officials to get the word out that the president had not done anything wrong. Coats recalled that the president asked that Coats state publicly that no link existed between the president and Russia, but did not ask him to speak with Comey or help end the investigation. The other outreaches by the president during this period were similar in nature, uh, asking Rogers if he could do anything to refute the stories linking the president to Russia. And the president asked Comey to make a public statement that would lift the cloud. <laughs> yeah, asking everyone, just running around like, <laughs> you lift the cloud, just shouting it. Are you my mother? mummy, mummy, mummy." So these requests, while significant enough that Rogers thought it important to document the encounter in a written memo and put it in a safe, were not interpreted by officials who received them as direct directives to uh, improperly interfere with the investigation. Mm. So what it seems that he's saying here is there is not an obstructive act here. Okay. Okay. Nexus to proceeding,
0: I'm ge- I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm reading between the lines. I just thought a cool book idea would be Are You My Muller? Are be you really my Really meta, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like the Muller was in you all along, you know? like that Yeah, whole- yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. The Muller
1: and all of us. Definitely. You, we are our Mullers. Mm-hmm. Okay. We should do that. <laughs> Nexus to a proceeding, part B. At the time of the president's outreaches to leaders uh, in late March and early April, the FBI's Russia investigation did not yet involve grand jury proceedings. Um, The outreaches, however, came after and were in response to Comey's March 20th testimony that there was a counterintelligence mission, which conducted an investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. So Comey testified that the investigation included any links or coordination with Trump campaign officials and would include an assessment uh, as to whether or not crimes were committed. Right. So I think what he's saying here is, yes, there is a nexus to an official proceeding because Comey testified to the public on March 20th, before all these outreaches happened, that um, there was a, a, an FBI investigation. That's why he put that in a report. Yeah. So it seems like we don't have enough evidence to support an obstructive act, but we do have enough for nexus okay. to an pr- official proceeding. So you
0: got one out of four so far? One out of three. One out of three. That's right.
1: Uh, and you need three out of three, really, to prosecute. Oh, okay, yeah. So we don't even have to finish this. Well, explains no. a lot. Yeah, wrap it all up. <laughs> I do
0: want to talk about his intent. That's the here. show, folks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At the end, uh, maybe he'll, maybe we'll get all three in part D. Oh. Uh, so anyway, the part, the third part here is intent, and as described above, the evidence does not establish the president asked or directed intelligence agency leaders to stop or interfere with the FBI's Russia investigation, and the president affirmatively told Comey that if some satellite was involved some other guy it would be good to find that out but the president's intent in trying to prevent sessions recusal and reaching out to Coates pompeo rogers and comey <laughs> following comey's public announcement of the russia investigation is nevertheless relevant to understanding what motivated the president's other actions towards the investigation mm-hmm. so not for this specific obstructive act i think is what he's saying but possibly later on okay this could go toward intent um, yeah. You know, his reaction to FB to Comey saying the there's big an picture. Yeah. yeah, Probably Comey's removal, which I believe is the next section. We'll talk about. Oh, that yeah. Smoking gun. Yeah. Yeah. So the evidence shows the president was focused on the Russia investigations implications for his presidency and specifically on dispelling any suggestion he was under investigation or had links to Russia. In early March, the president attempted to prevent Jeff Sessions recusal even after being told Sessions was following the rules you know and after sessions recused the white house counsel's office tried to cut off further contact with sessions about the matter <laughs> although it's not clear uh, whether that direction was conveyed to the president mm-hmm. we don't know
0: right he's like that ex that just can't let it go yeah yeah come on radio silent man go. clean break frozen i'm the worst person when it comes to
1: that. <laughs> well sometimes when it's done it's done that's true yeah. sometimes sometimes you <laughs> can't repair that shit <laughs> So the president continued to raise the issue of Sessions recusal. And, and when he had the opportunity, he pulled Sessions aside at the golf course, urged him to unrecuse. President also told advisors he wanted uh, an attorney general who would protect him the way he perceived Robert Kennedy and Eric Holder to have <laughs> protected their presidents. I think he imagined
0: Holder actually held Obama and like, <laughs> rubbed his head. That's why
1: they called him Holder. It's yeah. not his name. The president made statements um, about being able to direct the course of criminal investigations saying words to the effect of you're telling me that Bobby and Jack didn't talk about investigations or Obama didn't tell Holder who, who to investigate. Mm-hmm. Pretty much admitting that he did it. Exactly. Uh, like, they got away with it. What about yeah. me? <laughs> oh, come on, man. Uh, after Comey publicly confirmed the existence of the Russia investigation in that March 20th, you know, hipsey. Um, hearing, the president was beside himself and expressed anger that Comey didn't issue a statement correcting any misperception that the president was uh, himself under investigation. And Trump sought to speak with um, Buente directly and told McGahn to contact Buente to request Comey make a clarifying statement. President asked other IC leaders to make public statements to refute the suggestion he had links to Russia, but the leaders told him nah. <laughs> and on March 30th and April 11th, against the advice. Of White House advisors who told him that any direct contact with the FBI could be perceived as improper and interfering in an ongoing investigation. The president made personal outreaches to Comey, asking him to lift the cloud uh, on the, you know, the Russia investigation. Mm-hmm. Make by, and he could do that basically by making it public that the president was not personally under investigation. Uh, evidence indicates that the president was angered by both the existence of the investigation and the public reporting that he was under investigation Uh, which he knew was not true based on Comey's representations. The president complained to advisers that if people thought Russia helped him with the election, it would detract from what he had accomplished. Uh, Other evidence indicates Trump was concerned about the impact of the Russia investigation and his ability to govern. The president complained that the perception uh, that he was under investigation was hurting his ability to conduct foreign relations, particularly with Russia. And the president told Dan Coats he can't do anything with Russia. He told Rogers that the thing with the Russians was interfering with his ability to conduct foreign affairs, and he told Comey he was trying to run the country, and this cloud of this Russia business was making it difficult.
0: Wow. Yeah. That cloud thing, it comes up a lot. Yeah. That's his, like, way of looking at this. It's a cloud. <laughs> so I think what we can... is yes, Charmin.
1: <laughs> so I think what we can uh, assess from here is that this particular act uh, by the president in and of itself is not an obstructive act. It does have a nexus to uh, a proceeding, but it, it, the intent's not there. Mm-hmm. But, he, but, but Mueller says, hang on, though. This could go toward intent in you yeah. know, later. The, but wait, there's more Obstructive moment. act. <laughs>
0: For sure, like an infomercial. That's
1: my interpretation. If you have a different one, let us know. Hit us up at hello at mullershewrote.com, or you can send us a correction. If you if ha- if you you know, if you think it warrants that, build us a compliment sandwich by going to mullershewrote.com, clicking contact, selecting corrections and then you know we'll get it right eventually oh yeah uh although this is a pretty subjective interpretation (laughs) uh and i am pretty
0: biased yeah but most listeners are you know they align with our bias to some degree so that's pretty neat well when you're right you're right when you're right you're right (laughs) our new slogan i uh i just want to formally invite everyone to my lift the cloud rally i'm gonna have next year on 420 (laughs) It's going to be some kind of Russia interference. Make America
1: high again yeah, lift like, the
0: cloud. Just, you know, raising awareness, yeah. <laughs>
1: Lower the cloud. Lower the cloud. Wow. Yeah. There, there we it. go.
0: Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> it's
1: going to be good. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, that's section two, part C. Next week, join us for part D, and that's the events leading up to and surrounding the termination of Comey. And that is where I think, and I, and I, I might be skipping ahead here, but that's where I think that intent, while it doesn't show intent for this obstructive act. Yeah. I think his reaction to Comey's March 20th testimony at the Hipsy will come into play mm. in the events leading up to and surrounding the termination of Comey, yeah. particularly intense. So look for it to come up in that section. I like section. that. A little fan fiction. It might be
0: reality. It mm, might yeah. be.
1: We'll see. Put some beans on it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be pages 62 to 77. So read that. And then I want an essay, single <laughs> space, 12 point, Times New Roman,
0: on my desk by 5 a.m. Yes, oh, no. Professor A.G. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some people call you that. They do. No. They really do. Really? You're a double doctor. Yeah, yeah. They get very oh, educated by you. It's I like crazy it. crazy yeah. and weird to me. Teach a class. I have so many tattoos. <laughs> uh, You're the cool teacher, yeah. It just
1: doesn't make sense. So- yeah, you know what? We had a history teacher in high school named Mr. Peralta, Uriah Peralta, Vietnam vet, Ooh. Uh, super left, and just tattoos everywhere, beard. He had a cane. He was like, hey, guys, disabled <laughs> veteran. He's like, I'm going to tell you some shit. Check this out. <laughs> I've seen some stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And he he taught us the real history. Wow. You know? He could be the
0: first person witness like our source in your paper. <laughs> you can use him as your reference. I'll have him write my preface. <laughs> contact. A forward. Contact Mr.
1: Peralta. Yes. If you're listening. <laughs> if, if you're listening. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I've been A.G. I've been Lisa Johnson. And this is Muller She Wrote.
3: And And this this is is how we win.
1: MSW
3: Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd